that simple. Tell your neighbor it's just that simple. You can be seated. Good to see all of you here. The, the message that I've been working on that I feel like the Lord dropped in my heart was the tremendous spiritual power of joy. The tremendous spiritual power of joy. Let's all say that. The tremendous spiritual power of joy. And we're going to talk about that tonight. There probably isn't a single one of us here tonight that couldn't do a better job of being joyful, being happy, being merry, and letting all of the things flow out of us that God put in us. But if we don't understand how we were originally made, I hope this turns out okay. I haven't shown this to you. But, but if we don't understand how we were originally made, then we can kind of mess up God's plan. How many of you think you've done a good job, the devil's done a good job of messing up God's plan from time to time in your life? Can I see your hand? How many of you think you've done a good job of messing up your life all by yourself without the devil along the way? And if we come back to the original intent, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is the Word of God, Psalms 139. So tell your neighbor, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, this isn't a message about conjuring up something that we don't already have. This message, I believe, is from the Lord based on using what you've already been given. And if you're fearfully and wonderfully made, then everything about you was a a good thing that God made in you. And what He gave us, we need to let it flow out to other people. Now, we know that because of sin separated God from man. But through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, we have been restored. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been restored. Tell your neighbor, are you restored? That means you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit man has been reborn in the image of Almighty God, His original intent in the Garden of Eden. So everything we have need of, we already have. Now, I'm going to set you up right now so you can think ahead of me, and then maybe you can answer this correctly. How many of you would like more joy in your life? You're not going to get it. You got all that you need right now. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have the Holy Spirit, all of the joy that you need being fearfully and wonderfully made is in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you that scripturally in just a moment. Because a lot of people are looking for situations and circumstances in life to make them happy. We should be happy no matter where we are. Paul was happy and prosperous in in prison and out of prison. He let the joy of the Lord flow. He had some really difficult times. Snake bit, shipwrecked, all sorts of challenges. But yet he basically said that we need to really be joyful, just like Jesus said. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Now, I'm I'm going to use this example. I hope it comes out all right. How many of you are following uh, the election? That had nothing to do with what I just said. But how many of you are following the uh, four hands? I hope that's not true. I hope more of you are following that. Vote for the candidate that you think would be the best job 
like they said, used to say up in Chicago, vote early, vote often. But, you know, you really need to make sure that you... (laughs) You, you, you need to vote for the candidate. A lot of you are from Chicago, aren't you? You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. And, uh, but but you, you need to vote for the person that you think. And vote the Bible. Vote, vote the principles of the Bible. Uh, Lord, I was looking at the ratings for Donald Trump and the people that don't like him, and they're in the 70s, and the, the people that don't trust Hillary is in the 60s, 70s, 80%. Uh, uh, it, it looks like there seems to be two negative choices out there, but God's going to weigh in on this thing. So let's pray that the right person gets in the White House. Father, we pray for whoever you want to occupy the White House to be in there. We know without a doubt you can do what you want to do. But I also know you want to mobilize the body of Christ to be involved in this process. So let the men and women of God come to the forefront, exercise their God-given rights to vote in this nation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, how many of you have just fed up with a lot of political stuff? Which leads me to the joke that I have. I love, I got this tonight. I was going to share it with you before and then I thought, no, I won't. Okay. I want to make sure I don't mess it up. If you like to laugh, you are helping yourself and giving yourself health. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. A lot of people don't like to laugh and they get, you know, they're just kind of, uh, they have personality quirks. You were made to laugh. Turn to your name. Tell me you were made to laugh. A busload of, poli- Billy O'Brien, you're going to love this. So he laughed loud. A busload of politicians were driving down a country road when all of a sudden, the bus ran off the road, crashed into an old farmer's tree, and the old farmer, after seeing what happened, went out to investigate. He then proceeded to dig a hole to bury all of the politicians. The old farmer buried them all. A few days later, the sheriff came by, saw the crashed bus, and asked the old farmer, where are all the politicians who are on that bus? The old farmer said, I buried them all. The sheriff said, were they all dead? The farmer replied, well, some said they weren't, but you know how politicians lie. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You get it later? No. Psalm 1611 says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Let's all say that. Now, if you want to get theological, God is in heaven uh, through the power of his son. Jesus lives in our heart, but we know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father. So how can he live in our heart? Pam shared on that Sunday, he sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit rebirthed our spirit in the image of God. So we are a three-part being. So the Holy Spirit came in and now lives within us. That's where we get what Paul shared in 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has come in and birthed alive in you the power of God himself. So therefore, the Holy Spirit is in this temple. So everybody just say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in me. 
That's why when we do things that we shouldn't do, immediately we feel the conviction of God because we're moving the wrong direction. And even though we did it, we feel bad about ourselves. Wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Manny, wave your hand because I know you know what I'm talking about. And what happens then is that's the Holy Spirit loving us and convicting us and saying, no, you're going the wrong direction. When the Holy Spirit came in, every fruit of God came into our life. The nine fruits of the Spirit. But tonight we're going to be talking about the fruit of the spiritual power of joy that came into our life when we received the Lord. Now, I'm going to give God credit for this if it turns out good. And if it wasn't, it was just something I thought about. Because I thought, that's a little hokey. What I kind of saw this little thing played out, and I'm going to do in just a moment. And then I felt in my spirit, I felt like the Lord said, don't say something that I'm giving you to illustrate as hokey. Okay, so I thought, okay, God, if this is really from you. But I just kind of saw this cup. And uh, uh, bear along with me that, that all of these little tissues, this, this is the, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that comes into us. This is you, by the way. If you wonder what you really look like, this is you. So, okay, and then, and then the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes in to live inside us. Everybody say inside. <laughs> and then we got everything. How, how many of you remember the euphoric day when you got saved? Didn't the trees look better? Didn't everything look better? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my goodness, the whole world is in technicolor. Everything is great. But then you woke up the next day and realized that most of the things you faced hadn't changed, and you started looking around at some of the things that were still there. We all know that feeling. Well, that feeling is when the power of the Holy Spirit is there just radiating out us, and we just are beaming, and we just can't wait to share what we have with other people, but we don't really know what we have. We just Does that make sense to you so far? I don't know what I have, but I really like what I have. And, and you get that born again feeling. Well, then we go through the day and, and, and what I saw was, so just bear with me that as, as we continue to experience what we have after that new birth, we, we still have our bills to pay, don't we? And, and so just say yes and humor me along. Okay, thank you. And, and, and so we still have our bills to pay. And then if we're in debt, we're still, if we, when we got saved, if we're in debt, guess what we were after we got saved? We were still in debt. So all of a sudden we start looking at the debt And then the people that didn't like you before you got saved, guess what? They didn't like you after you got saved. So all of a sudden we look at the people that we want. Now, can you see what's starting to happen to the Holy Spirit in us? Can you see it start to get clouded just a little bit? Tell your neighbor yes. Just whether you believe it or not, just tell them yes. Okay, and and, and then all the hang-ups that you had before. How many of you were worried and anxious before you got saved? Can I see your hands? How many of you fight worry and anxiety today? I'm going to tell you why you, why, why you have worry and anxiety. You're going to know it in just a moment, but I'll give you a hint. If you've got joy, you won't be worried. If you've got joy, you won't be anxious. If you've got war, war, uh, joy, you won't be fearful. Joy will scare away all that junk in your life and get rid of it. So all of a sudden, you know, if people get anxious about things and you start trying to fix everything, let me see all the hands of all the fixer-uppers. You want to fix everything. Tough life, isn't it? going to get tougher unless you get the joy in there and realize I can't. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and just tell him, I can't fix everything. So why would you try to fix what you can't fix? Does that make sense? Ask him, why would you try to fix what you can't fix? That was a little weak in here. We need to shake it up a little bit. Tell that neighbor, why would you try to fix what you can't fix? So then something goes wrong in the family. How many of you got family members that aren't serving the Lord? 
And, and you worry about them and you're anxious about them. Well, number one, don't do that. And all of a sudden that comes up. Now, can you see how this thing is diminishing as we go along? And all of a sudden, the clearness of that fruit of the spirit or tissue is starting to get clouded and clouded and clouded until suddenly you can't really see it clearly like you used to. A lot of believers are like that. When we walk into the room, we should brighten the room. The room shouldn't be brightened when we leave the room. Does that make sense? Some people light up a room when they walk in. Some people light up a room when they walk out. We should be the people that have so much joy flowing from us that people think, don't they realize how bad it is? And you say, don't you realize how good it is? What about the problems? You can focus on the problems of life or you can focus upon the Holy Spirit. Which one would you like to focus on? If you focus on the Holy Spirit, you're going to be happy all the time. I have never counseled. I've never had a person come to me and say, Bill, I need counseling that was happy. Every single person I've talked to has been sad about something in their life. Now, when you get sad, you stay sad. When you get anxious, you stay anxious. When you get happy, if you'll allow yourself, you'll be happy all the time. Turn to your neighbor and just look at them for a minute and just analyze them. Do they look happy to you? Now, you may be here tonight and you may say, how many visitors do we have here? What do you think so far? Do you know the doors are locked? <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I don't now. Now, part of this I know is my upbringing. My dad was happy all the time. Didn't really know the Lord, but I was raised in, in a God-fearing family. My wife every once in a while say, "You remind me of your dad." I think that is a tremendous compliment. But I know exactly what she's saying. I'm teasing her too much, or something like that. But that's okay. I take it as a real compliment. But my dad was happy all the time. He would always turn things around and make him happy. He just never was down. My mom, on the other hand, I love my mom, but my mom could find. She would worry about the wind. She would. My mom, when they would say on the radio back in that era. On the radio, there's a possibility of severe thunderstorm or maybe a, a, a tornado. She would get a pillow and a blanket and go in the bathroom. Dad and I would laugh hysterically and go outside and look for the storm. I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm putting down my mom. I love my mom, but I could never understand what the pillow and the blanket would do if the tornado came. It just, I guess you fly away with a pillow and a blanket. I don't know, but it just didn't make much sense to me. So what happens is we, 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 a lot of our upbringing gets us prepared for who we become. But the most important preparation is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So let's just say, I have it all. Tell your neighbor, I have joy. Got all the joy you're ever going to get. Now, let me give you a couple of scriptures here. Jerry Seville wrote a book years ago, and I couldn't find it. I wanted to get that book. It's uh, If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to give you uh, three or four scriptures here. You can write them down. John 15, 11, that I come to give you my joy so that your joy would be full. He's teaching and preaching on uh, the Holy Spirit. He's teaching and preaching on love, the love of God. And he said, I've told you all this about God, my father, so that your joy would be full. And I want you to have my joy so that your joy would be full. If Jesus said that we are supposed to have the fullness of his joy in us, what do we have? That's a little weak, folks. These are not trick questions. What do we have? 
You have the fullness of God's joy through his son, Jesus. So therefore, we're okay. We're going to be okay in everything that we face. Now, what happens then is the devil and your experiences will try to tell you, yes, but. Yes, but what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? You've all got a list of 10 or 20 things that aren't going right. You can focus on those things or you can focus on what is right. Everybody has something that you're being blessed with by the Lord right now. What you focus on will attract you. What you focus on will be manifest in your life. If you focus on joy, you're going to be joyful. If you focus on all the problems, you're going to get weighted down by stress and many other things. And I'm going to share with you what what I've I've read and researched and asked Sandy to to share some of it with me, uh, too. But but the tremendous power of joy. Joy, basically, if you uh, look it up in the Greek and the Hebrew, a feeling of great pleasure and great happiness. But we're going to talk about what joy does. Every once in a while, Pam and I, We'll meet with people in the church or talk with, with them and, and, you know, whatever. And I like to ask people that I don't know, what, what caused you to marry that other person? You know, what, whatever, you know, love at first sight or all that kind of stuff. I'm amazed at the number of women who respond and say, the thing that attracted me to my husband was he makes me laugh. He makes me laugh. I always, always am amazed about that. How many of you like to be around people that, that make you laugh? Don't you sometimes, though, get around those people when you're down that they start to drive you up a wall because they're trying to get you to laugh and be happy and you don't feel like laughing and being happy? Can I see the hands of all the people that are like that, that sometimes that just kind of grates on you? I see the nudging and the elbows right now. But see, that is the very time when we need that flow of what we're going to talk about in just a moment, because when you're going through trials and tribulations and situations, getting way ahead of the message here, I was going to end with this, but James 1-2 says, count it all. That was pretty weak. Count it all. Joy. Count it all. Joy. So when they bury all the politicians on the bus, you just <laughs> count it all joy and say, well, their lips were moving. So you knew. No, I'm just kidding now. But you just count it all joy, no matter what it is. Now, some things, they tend to get us revved up with anxiety and stress and stuff like that. But if you don't understand how God made us, then what you're going to do is look at the challenges of life instead of what you already have. There's a book that I read years ago called Anatomy of an Illness, and I really recommend it. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. It's an old book, been around for years, Uh, probably 30 years old, 40 years old. Uh, But it was written by a man by the name of Cousins, very famous in his era. And, And he had a serious illness that he was told that was terminal. And he had done a little bit of research. He wasn't a strong Christian at all, but he'd done a little research and, and, and his research had shown him that laughter was medicinal and that joy was medicinal and that the more joy you had, the more you kind of medicated yourself. So the doctors told him that he didn't he wasn't going to live. And he told the doctors that he was going to live and that he was going to chronicle all of it and that he was going to take care of it himself through laughter. And he went out and got some Laurel and Hardy movies. He went out and got some Three Stooge movies. He got some uh, Abbott and Costello movies. And he went to a hotel. And he started studying laughter. And he laughed and he laughed and he laughed and he laughed. And over a period of about six months, 
he became totally healed. Now, we know that Jesus is the healer. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is the healer. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. But what happens to many people when they get a diagnosis of a terminal situation? It shakes you to your core because it just, I mean, when the doctor says you're not going to live, he decided that he was going to use laughter as a way to beat the sickness and disease. And in the book, it is all chronicled how this happened and he eventually was healed. Now, I'm not here to say it's mind over matter. I'm not saying here that joy will get rid of all sickness and disease in your life. But I do know this. If you're joyful, you're going to eliminate a lot of stress in your life. If you're joyful, you're going to eliminate a lot of anxiety in your life. And if you're joyful, you're going to, you're going to get fear out of your life. One of the biggest challenges people have when it comes to their immune system and their body is that when their immune system starts to be decreased and depleted, the power of the devil and the sickness and disease in this world seems to be freer to roam in our bodies and affect our mind and affect our outlook and affect every part of our body, including our blood pressure pressure and everything else that goes along with it. What if, everybody say what if. What if if God's best was not to have Jesus heal us? What if God's best was that our body would be made to heal itself? What if Jesus is the healer and came to show us the will of God, but what if our body was made to heal itself? Turn to your name and tell them, God didn't make any junk. I believe supernatural healing is God's will, but I believe God created us not to get sick. I believe God created us in a perfect world. But because of the fall, we needed Jesus certainly to show us God's will and God's healing power. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick. But what we have to realize, too, is that there are some things that we can tap into that will change our life based on the Word of God. Tell your neighbors, based on the Word of God. John 15, 11, I gave you. John 16, verse 22 through 24. I want to read a couple of these to you before we go on, because everything I'm telling you is in the Word of God. John chapter 16, verse 20, uh, uh, 22. Here it is. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your what? That your joy may be? He talks about it in John chapter 15. Jesus talking about you having fullness of joy. Talks about it over here in John chapter 16, fullness of joy. And then in John chapter 17, verses 11, 13, here comes joy again. Now, I no longer am in the world, but those are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 13, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In other words, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But Jesus said that his joy would be fulfilled where? In us. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have the joy of Jesus in you. 
How many of you believe that? Can I see, can I see that? Now, what he wants it to flow out of you to others. Now, the fruit of God's spirit, love, peace, joy, all the nine fruits there. But joy, that is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. In Romans 14, 17, it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit is full of joy, and that joy is in us. Now, how many of you know you could do a better job of laughing, smiling, being happy, and spreading joy everywhere that you go? And I, and I could too. Now, this is, this, it makes sense in a minute when we get into the medical part of it. Every morning when I get up, I love to start singing praises. I, I sing off key, I know that. But I love to sing, I love to just, you know, do my thing and, and just be happy. Just get up and be happy, be happy. This is the day the Lord has made, let's rejoice. I love to read the cartoons. Almost all of my life, I have read Beetle Bailey. Anybody in here a Beetle Bailey fan? I read Dagwood, Blondie, and I love B.C., and I just, sometimes I just crack up laughing at those things. I know this, the more I laugh, the better I feel about myself. Amen. And the more I laugh and smile, the better I personally think I look. No matter how anybody thinks you look, the most important person you need to look good to is who? Yourself. Doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. You look in the mirror, you like what you see, you're okay. You look in the mirror, you don't like what you see, you got 24 hours with that person. You better do something about it. You better change something. I am amazed at this. Whenever I smile at that guy in the mirror, that guy smiles right back at me. Never has failed. All of my life, it hasn't failed. Now, I know you're going to think this is silly, but I'm telling you what, you reap what you sow. Amir's a great example to practice that. Whoa, look at that smile in there. Whoa, that guy looks like me. You can do the same thing. Or you can look in the mirror and see stuff you don't like. What happens then is we can self-meditate ourselves, medicate, medicate ourselves, or we can let the world do it for us. Now, I don't read all the junk in the newspaper. I read two things, actually, the death notices <laughs> and the comics. I, I read the death notices first, just to see if anybody in our church got, you know, transitioned to heaven or anybody that I knew. And then I get out of that and I get into the comics. Now, I, I, I want to show you some things here that just are astounding to me. Scripturally, in uh, Proverbs seventeen twenty two, wh- when I was going to the nursing home in the very beginning with Lou Beal, and uh, Lou, Lou Beal went to the nursing homes before we ever started, my mother-in-law. But uh, we'd go in there, and every nursing home we went into, the people were, you know, in various stages. And, and I would share the same thing every time I went. It was, it was uh, basically Psalm 1722. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So we're all going to take our medicine right now. You all understand medicine. And, oh, yeah, we all understand medicine. Okay, so we're going to start laughing. And they, and they would be in various forms of whatever. And, and, you know, maybe one would laugh and one wouldn't laugh. And then we'd get them to laugh. And pretty soon they were all laughing at nothing uh, other than the word of God said, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And all of a sudden they'd all start laughing. That was medicinal for them because of what happens in the chemical makeup of their body. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. God told us in the very beginning 
that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. He told us that in the presence of the Lord was fullness of joy. Jesus said, now I've given you my joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. So everything that my father had, everything that I had, everything that the Holy Spirit had is now yours. And it doesn't say pass it on, but I am guarantee you that's what the word of God means. Pass it on to other people so they'll have it too. Do people want what you have? And, and they should want what we have. Proverbs 15.23 says, man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Your words bring joy. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. This is, uh, you know, and, and you start birthing things that maybe are not as if they were instead of identifying things that are obstacles in your life and constantly speaking forth things that are going to draw you down. How many of you realize that there are days when you can be your own worst enemy? You just pull yourself down and pull yourself down and pull yourself. I, I can't understand anybody that want to have a gun and shoot their own foot, shoot somebody else's foot. Now, is that, you know, that'll make sense to you in just a moment. But, you, but you've got the power to encourage yourself. Now, Nehemiah 18 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Everybody say that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Say it again. The joy of the Lord is our say it again. One more time. Where is that joy? Is it in you? So then it should show. Is that correct? It shouldn't be covered up by the challenges of the world. Where did my joy go? (laughs) The joy should be seen by the world and be transparent. Now, I am in a little bit over my head here with some of this terminology. And I told my wife today as I was looking at this and some of the stuff Sandy got for me, uh, I believe what I'm going to share with you. If you ask me, can I prove it? No, I'm just quoting what medical journals have said. Not only now, when, when you laugh and when you smile, there are endorphins in your brain. Everybody, wherever your brain is, just put your hand on it and say, I got a bunch of endorphins. And that your endorphins are just up there kind of doing their thing. I don't know exactly what endorphins do. They just kind of lay around till they're called on. And then when they're called on, they start to just scurry around through our body. And, and, and Brenda and Greg, I know, have done a little research on endorphins. So uh, excuse me if I get a little off on my terminology here. But, but when those endorphins start to move, they're like a, they, they kind of go in there and they affect every part of our body and they make us feel good. They're, they're kind of a feel good thing, like a, almost like an opiate. And, and so this is what I'm going to read. Now tell your neighbor, you've got a bunch of endorphins. And when you laugh, your endorphins begin to flow. When you smile, your endorphins begin to flow and they affect every part of your body. They relieve stress. They relieve fatigue. They make you feel better about life and situations. Now I'm going to read to you what it says here. Not only are endorphins thought to block the sensation of pain, but they also work to lower stress stress levels and support the immune system. Some studies have indicated that they can cause certain cells called natural killer cells to be triggered against bad cells. Once those cells are stimulated, they work to fight 
cancer cells. Now, in the book I read, I had no idea about this. In the book that I read, part of his challenge were cancer cells that he had in his body. What if God said to us, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, and went on to say in that scripture that it would release the endorphins that he gave us into our body that would enhance our immune system and make us feel better about life. Therefore, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Laughter releases endorphins. So when we're happy about things, guess what happens? We become healthier. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to be healthier. Now, let me read on just a little bit. Endorphins control emotions as well. How many of you realize, boy, I'm really on thin ice here. How many of you realize that sometimes emotionally you are a little bit distraught? Can I see your hands? That perhaps could mean that your endorphins aren't working because the joy of the Lord is being suppressed. Have you ever been emotionally distraught and happy at the same time? These are not hard questions. You can say no. Happiness, emotionally distraught, all of these things. And what happens is you start to look at something and, well, it is bad. It is, And all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got something outweighing you in your body. And those endorphins aren't working the way they were intended to. Now, I, I believe, or, turn to your neighbor and ask, will you get anything out of this? Now, since it seemed quite unlikely that humans would contain a specific receptor designed for chemically derived from the poppy plant, Researchers focused their attention on biochemicals that might be synthesized in the brain. In other words, they have discovered that when people are happy, people are joyful, endorphins are flowing to all of the nerve endings of their body, and that our entire body is feeling good. Feeling good. That's the way God made us. Now, endorphins flowing provide a feeling of a calm euphoria. Your brain maintains a quota of endorphins to ensure survival and success under duress if they're flowing. But if they're not flowing and you block the flow of a natural God-given medicinal part of your body, then what happens in is a lot of times you're praying and you should pray. Tell your neighbor you should pray. But yet the blockage in you is coming from you not allowing the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, to activate in your body what needs to be activated to make you okay under a stressful situation. Raise your hand if it makes sense to you what we're talking about. I don't want to be too heavy in here on this. But what happens then is, is that it goes on to say in this article that the human body was designed by God to almost be like a pharmacy. 
you have a built-in pharmacy of endorphins that will come out. And just like you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you need this pill, you need this pill, you need this pill, and you take it and one of two things happen. Either the pill works or psychosomatically you think the pill works and it works. One way or the other, it doesn't matter. You're healed or it's doing what it said it was doing. What if it is really true that endorphins are one of the biggest things in our body to make us have the joy of the Lord, activate them and flow through us to make us feel better about life? Why do some people have happiness all the time and some people are sad all the time. Well, you might say, well, it's because of the way they were raised. You can change that once you have the new birth. You don't have to be fearful or anxious or anything. Why would God tell us in the Word of God through Paul, be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious for anything. And we know that anxiety is all all over the world. But yet we are not supposed to be anxious. I know this. I know this. And I hope it's not too simple. It's not too simple for me. If I am happy, I can't be anxious. If I am joyful, I cannot be any of the other things that go along with anxiety. It just doesn't flow. It just doesn't flow. I am so happy today and I'm so anxious and I want to tell you about my... It just does not flow. It does not flow. It's, It's like the body is this pharmaceutical thing in our brain that God gave us. And he says, my joy is your strength. If you release it, it'll work. Endorphins block pain, reduce stress, fight cancer cells, control emotions, dispel fear. Where do endorphins come from? Ask your neighbor, where do endorphins come from? Now think about that just for a moment. Because, you know, we don't look in the body and we don't see the word endorphins. But where do endorphins come from? Well, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Endorphins are a good thing. They're part of the makeup of our body, just like a heart and everything else in us that God fearfully and wonderfully made. So therefore, endorphins come from God. Let's all say, my endorphins, they come from God. So then we, we look at the happiness and the joy that Jesus said that we should have. We look at James chapter 1, verse 2, when, when it said, count it all joy. Endorphins are the body's natural pain medication. When they're released, we feel better. Our mood improves. We increase with pleasure. It's the runner, it talks about the runner working through uh, what he does, and they hit that wall, and that it really stimulates the endorphins. Now, I said all this to say this. How many of you say the world is really in a bad position right now? We have to look at the world situation and be informed, but we have to do it with the joy of the Lord in knowing that we know what's going to happen. You, you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we know what's going to happen. But when you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and now all hell is going to break loose in the world, it says, but the man of God, everybody say, but the man of God. But the man of God, but the woman of God is to be thoroughly equipped, ready for all good work that we're called to do. So we're going to be joyful in the midst of all hell breaking loose. We're going to be joyful in the midst of everything that Jesus said that was going to happen in Matthew chapter 23. We have the joy of the Lord as our strength. We're going to have the answer for the world. Some people are going to listen to us. Some people aren't. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that fulfill your role as an evangelist. What it's talking about is basically telling people about Jesus, telling people about the new birth, telling people about it's going to be okay for us and that we walk in the fullness of the joy of the Lord, giving everybody what they need, which is Jesus. Let's all say, I have the answer for the world. How many of you believe that? So what we have to do, I believe in conclusion here, I think we have to examine our life. 
Am I doing okay with all that God has given me? Do I have that joy manifest in me? Every single one of you are no different than Pam and no different than myself. You have things in your life that aren't going right. Can I see the hands of the people? You got things in your life that aren't going right. Can I see the hands of all the people? You have things that are going right. Now, this is so powerful for me. If you focus on the things that are going right, you will be joyful. When you look at the things that you know you need to address that aren't going right, you have one of two things. Number one, make a decision and do something about it. Or number two, give it to the Lord if you don't know what to do. Every single one of us have certain things in our life we don't know what to do about it. We've done everything we can. We don't know what to do about it. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast your cares. That word is merimno. That means distraction. Cast your distractions on the Lord. God cares about you. And, and if, you, if you don't know what to do about it, give it to the Lord. Some things you have to make a decision on. But what happens a lot of times is if we don't make decisions, we carry the constant focus around that we are always looking at the situation and circumstance in life that isn't going right. Right now, if you look at everything that's happening in America... You look at everything that's happening in the world, it wouldn't take long to realize that the world is having serious problems. Jesus in Matthew told us exactly what's going to happen in the world. So don't be surprised when it happens. He said it was going to happen. We are told by Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 exactly what's going to happen in the world. Don't be surprised when it happens. What is our role to play? To be thoroughly equipped, ready to go, ready to stand, not to be with that, oh my goodness, how terrible things are. No, 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 no. We've got the answer for the entire world. Tell your neighbor, I got the answer for the world. And that they should want what you have on your best days when you are letting the joy of the Lord flow. You're going to attract people to a person that's thoroughly equipped and ready to share Jesus with them. But on your worst days, when you're licking your wounds and you're not letting that joy flow, those endorphins aren't flowing. You don't even want to be around people. And I'm describing myself right now. There are times, how many know what I'm talking about? There are some days I don't want to be around anybody. But those days we can't allow to consume us. We have the answer for the world. Whatever room we walk in, the joy of the Lord walks in. Whatever place we are, the joy of the Lord is there. We have the answer to dispel every single challenge this world has. Will all of the people in the world receive what we have? No. It says that. Many people are going to fall away. They're falling away right now. We're after the ones that want what we have, and when we give it to them, their life is going to be changed for eternity. We can't be in the grandstands licking our wounds. We've got to be out there. Got two stints. You got a new lease on life, Stephen. You got that station over there. Everybody that walks in, see the love of Jesus because you got a new lease on life. Every single one of us, if we'll focus on Jesus, we're going to be like Jesus. And that's why I believe it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we are to be conformed to the image of Christ. I have a video at home. And I'll close with this. Rex and L. Warner gave it to me years ago. It was a project of TBN. And it's Jesus doing miracles. And, and most of the miracles that he did. And, and, and it's a laughing, happy, frolicking type Jesus. And it was written from the perspective of the director, uh, the, uh, produced from the perspective of the director, is that we don't see this in the Bible 
as when we read a lot of the miracles that Jesus did, but Jesus was very emotional. He was very, the, the, when I say emotional, I'm talking about the fruits of the Spirit. He had all nine fruits of the Spirit in him. So when somebody was healed, he would have been happy and excited for them, just like you and I are. And, and it shows it as, as the blind man, Bar- Bartimaeus, was healed, how Jesus was high-fiving them. They're excited about that. And that everywhere Jesus went, he smiled and he was happy. I believe that when Jesus said that I give you my joy so that your joy may be full, I believe he looked like he was full of joy. I believe people were drawn to him because of the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in his life. When you are feeling bad about life, that joy gets dammed up inside you. But when you allow it to flow, now think about this. It is spiritual, but it's also medicinal. When that endorphin starts to be released, bam, all of the opiates start to flow to get the sensation of all of your nerve endings. God made your nerve endings. Tell your neighbor, God made your nerve endings. And he wants them on fire for him. Let's stand to our feet. And so therefore, when we laugh, it's good to laugh. When we smile, it's good to smile. When we encourage people with joy, you're making them feel better about yourself. And when people say, well, I just don't feel like that. No, no, you don't go by your feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. And that our feelings don't have anything to do with it. We birth the will and the power of God. Father, I thank you for every person here today. Lord, the joy of the Lord, your 